Hello. Thank you for using Google Phone Verification. Remember, you should not share this code with anyone else, and no one from Google will ever ask for this code. I'm totally putting this on Your there. code is six seven three. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. This is totally going to be our intro. Something cool happened to me today, and by cool, I mean painful and catastrophic in a way. What, your blinds? Uh, no, that's... <laughs> yeah, today was not a good day. Um, oh no, what so happened? I was brewing my after-lunch coffee, as I do every day, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm brewing an AeroPress, and I have my phone on my counter, like uh, with the little timers and all, and I add coffee, I add the boiling water on top, and then I realize that um, I've missed some coffee beans, like I have to grind more because of okay. ratios. And then I decided to, I don't know if you know an AeroPress. Yeah. But I decided to pull, while it's filled with water and coffee, to pull the plunger a little bit down so I can make more room to add the missing coffee, right? Mm, that doesn't so, seem like a good idea. Yeah. You know what? I've done this before, twice actually. And okay. every single time it went horribly wrong. Like <laughs> I spilled water and coffee all over the place. But now I was like, I'm super pro at this. I don't, I can do this. So I tried to do it and I spilled hot water and coffee like directly uh, on my hands and on my iPhone that was in the counter. Like, poof. oh shit. Yeah. So I, because I panicked and I picked my iPhone and I rinsed it like um, uh -huh. with tap water. So I give, give it a quick rinse and I like tried dried him up and then I had this whole mess in my kitchen. So I started cleaning the, the kitchen. Did you burn yourself or? Uh, not at that time. Everything was cool <laughs> because of adrenaline right. or something. And then um, my phone didn't, I was listening to some podcasts like with, with Bluetooth mm -hmm. headphones. And as soon as the water hit the iPhone, um, the podcast, like it stopped. The audio no. stopped. I was like, that's not a good sign, but it was on, like the uh, iPhone was still what? alive. So every, after I cleaned the kitchen, uh, I turned my iPhone off, like let it cool because electronics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I realized that my hands were actually hurting like a mother. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I shift my focus to my hands now that I burned. And like, let's say 15 minutes later, I, I, I decided to turn my iPhone on and everything worked and the touchscreen worked and it turned on and all, everything was cool. And then I decided to test the speaker. So I played a song and nothing. It was uh, no. mute and <laughs> I no. decided to, I tried to call someone and nothing. So I turned the iPhone off again, put it in rice as you do. Uh -huh. and let it uh, dry for a while. <laughs> and because I'm so or? smart, uh, yeah, the iPhone now is good. So that's the spoilers <laughs> of the story. Okay. The iPhone is cool now. Everything is working. And because I'm so smart, I decided to go take a bath because I, you know, I was all uh, dirty with coffee beans. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot that hot water and <laughs> burned hands are not a good mix. You heard? Oh, yeah. So today was a good day. My iPhone is, well, now it's alive. It's God. cool, but it was, yeah. Anyway. All right. So first, let's do follow-up.
don't don't break the follow-up rule all right okay we have some follow-up so yeah um just look at the document uh Last week we talked about, uh, well, I had a big rant on photo editing apps for the iPad. Uh, right. And so, listener, um, I, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Gooey Seas? I don't know. How do you say that? Uh, Gee? Gee Seas? Seas? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sorry. Um wrote in um, to suggest Afterlight and Prime with two eyes. Have you tried it? Yeah, I, I did try them. Um, so unfortunately, Prime is only available for the iPhone, so I disqualified it. I tried Afterlight. I, I wrote down a few notes. Um, so first of all, it's a universal app. Um, you get filters, you get um, like normal editing controls. Um, they also let you do um, like effects, so uh, light leaks and textures, which is pretty cool. Uh, even though it's like kind of gimmicky, and I don't really see myself using them really often, but they're there. So a few weird weird things about it. Um, so when you start the app, you're scrolled all the way to your old photos <laughs> for some reason, and then I tap like the selector to change the album. And then the app crashed. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Not a good first experience. Um, then I relaunched it and I was fine at the end, like with seeing my latest pictures. So then it was all good. They have a um, photo editing extension, which is, I think, pretty much the only app in the store that does. There's like Pixelmator uh, and Afterlight that I saw that had it. Uh, which is pretty cool. So that lets you uh, directly from the Photos app, you can tap edit and then tap the dot, 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 then select the app and edit that photo directly and edit it in place. Um, so that's awesome. Um, they have a pretty large selection of filters um, that are organized into like categories, um, which is nice too. Um, a problem of having such a large number of filters is that um, sometimes it's not really clear which ones should be used when and they're trying to do the organization thing but like each category has I don't know 20 30 filters which is crazy um, the list is almost too long to scroll through like f trying to find the filter you want and the thumbnails are really small so maybe like bigger thumbnails and better organization there would be great Another thing, uh, it's not really taking advantage of the larger iPad screen. So it's just like basically the blown up iPhone version with like more space on the side or whatever. It's still, it's all good that you can use it on the iPad. So that's better than nothing. Um, but I'd love to see like maybe a more adapted design. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Overall, the filters seem pretty good if you can find the one that you want. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and stick with it it's it's growing on me it's gonna replace visco for you i think so yeah well i'll we'll see maybe we can talk again like in a couple of weeks see how it goes but i've edited a few pictures with it so far uh, and they look pretty good so mm -hmm. 
I'm yeah, I'm happy with that in the meantime. So thanks for the suggestion. Yeah, that's it. Uh, there's another app that I tried, but it wasn't very good. So. Right. And oh, I have another piece of follow up. I don't have the links yet, but I'm going to put them in the show notes. Remember, we talked about um, Filtron, that app from Drew Wilson. Yeah. So apparently, like maybe a couple of days after we recorded that, he tweeted. Um, basically saying that he already submitted both the Mac and iOS versions to the App Store. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just a matter of time until we can actually see it live. Yeah, no, that's awesome. If uh, when posting this, uh, if the app is out, we're going to put links for that. If not, we're just going to post the uh, links to the the Drew's tweets, which we can see some screenshots. Looks good. Yeah, it was funny. It's like then I think the next day after we talked about that or something, he announced that it was uh, was going out. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fun timing. Maybe he heard the podcast. I think that's what did it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. He was like, holy shit, yeah, I have this app. I have to, <laughs> I have to push this, yeah. Completely forgot. Yeah. All right, so follow up. We're, yeah, we're blazing through. Done. And now we can start the show. So since it's a slow week in when it comes to news and stuff to talk about, I have this topic that I like for a while I would like to cover just because I I find it interesting for me like to hear from other people, designers especially or developers or whatever. And that's uh, just going over what tools do, do we use. Mm-hmm. And here's my suggestion: we could go like uh, through our doc and just saying what apps uh, we use the most and just kind of go through like i don't know maybe i start and then you'll go and then just uh, back and forth and then maybe some honorable mentions <laughs> at the end i don't know just go <laughs> talk about what we use and why we use it um, sure okay so let's let's give a little bit of uh, background like what do we do um it's gonna kind of influence why we use certain tools and mm-hmm. why don't we use certain mm-hmm. tools like i don't uh develop for android so i don't have android studio of course yeah Kind of like, so I, I can go. I am a designer and developer, so I basically use some design tools, which we'll go over. And I do some programming for web and uh, for iOS. So Xcode is there, spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, so what about, what about you? What, what do you mainly use your computer for? Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing, to be honest. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Like we do the same kind of work, I think. So, okay. So I can start with this one. Which browser do you use and why? Oh, okay. That's where we're going. Uh, I use Safari because it's the best browser. Dang it. Me too. (laughs) All right, right. Holy crap. Why do you use Safari? No way. Um, Because it's better. The, The UI is better in my opinion i like that there's less chrome ding <laughs> <laughs> uh, no pun intended kills my battery a lot less than chrome so yeah i don't put like that much thought into it it's just that safari is the one i prefer you can also use uh handover to like send the pages that you're looking at on your your iphone 
and then you have the sync, sync history, all that sort of stuff with iOS. So that's just the easier choice for me. Yeah, that's pretty much the same for me. It's mostly because I also have Chrome installed, so it's around. And I have another question that I'm going to follow up with this, but in a second. Uh, I, I Yeah, I'm going to use that because the UI, it's a lot cleaner, in my opinion. I don't... I never used that many extensions and plugins and mm-hmm. all that that Chrome is pretty good at, actually, like way better than Safari when it comes to the, the what do you call it, like extension yeah, or, store? Or plugins or, or... Chrome apps? I don't know, I don't know what they call it. Extensions. Yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, since extensions, there you go. And since I use um, iOS devices as well, so it kind of keeps everything synced and yeah, the handover or handoff, I don't, I don't, whatever. <laughs> That feature that can open the web page from the other device. So yeah, I use Safari since uh, forever, but I keep Chrome around. Chrome is my uh, Flash ghetto. There you go, <laughs> the Flash ghetto. Whenever I need something with Flash. So right now, right now Show I'm title. in. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm in uh, in Chrome to record this. Because we are using Google Hangouts. Yeah. See, I don't. I'm using Safari to record this. Okay, oh, not to so record it, ha- but. Uh, so you have Flash or something? Is that Flash? No, I guess it doesn't use Flash. Huh, I don't know. Because it's running. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I used Flash. I don't know, but usually the Google stuff runs better in Chrome. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, Google Drive for a while was completely busted in Safari. So, I I do use both, but I try to use Safari more. Has this happened to you that right now, when I go to, what's this called, Dashboard? Little thing where you see all the apps? Yeah. I have some extra icons, one for Google search, one for YouTube, and I guess for some other stuff. And this comes from Chrome. So if you click on the YouTube app, yeah, it opens a Chrome tab on YouTube. It's super weird, but it's it's Chrome is installing a lot like a bunch of more apps. That's weird. Oh, I have Google search. See? There you go. Okay, so do you use Chrome? You said it use it for your Flash ghetto. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to web development, do you use Chrome or Safari as well? You keep it with Safari. I do use Safari mostly, um, and I get made fun of endlessly for it. <laughs> Every time, like I'm trying to debug something or whatever, and like there's a dev sitting right next to me, they're like, "Just use, just use Chrome. The tools are better and whatever." And but you know, I sometimes I have to switch to Chrome. So I the JavaScript thing inspector. Uh, is is better in Chrome, uh, but for just like eight standard HTML, CSS, uh, the Safari one is good enough. I I always use Chrome when it comes to like to use the the developer tools. Mm-hmm. I like for for forever it was they, they were way better than Safari's, and I had a lot of weird bugs in Safari. Like I I couldn't edit CSS properties or CSS rules and all. It was weird, like su- mm, stupid weird. bugs. Yeah. Um, but that changed. With I think Yosemite or El Cap, I think it's El Cap. Yeah, I think it was when they introduced in Safari. Yeah, the responsive mode. Yep, that's El Cap. El Cap. All right. I never used it. You're yeah. missing out, pal. It's super great. It's like it was one of the reasons that like the big reasons that I switched to Safari to when it comes to mm-hmm. web dev. Basically, this responsive mode is you just hit this uh, keyboard mm-hmm. shortcut when you're in Safari, and you get this UI with a bunch of um, like pre-selected um, window sizes, like for for mm-hmm. tablets, like iPad and iPhone, and like all the different iPhones, and it will like 
instead of you having to resize the window, mm-hmm. like the browser window, it's all in this inside the inside Safari. Yeah. So you can just resize it and it will scale. Like you could mimic, uh, I don't know, like a 5,000 wide mm-hmm. screen, right? You can drag the, the little handles and you can mimic how you see it. And, and sometimes sometimes you're, you're designing, let's say using Chrome to see a website or whatever, and sometimes resizing is not enough. And you, I know Chrome has this little mode as well that you could like select devices, um, pre- predefined devices, and it will like crop the the canvas or the, mm. the, the yeah, browser. Yeah. But um, and I have to give this to Chrome. They ha- they also have this option to mimic uh, different connection speeds. Like if you're on Edge or if you're on 3G and all, and it will mimic those connection speeds, like to see how fast, like the performance wise. Right. So. So it's it's just like well, I try to use the least like as little apps that I I can right yeah like if I can just use one app I will uh, and sometimes it's not the best tool for the job but if I can keep things simple I I always do that so since I used Safari since forever as my my primary uh, browser. Like now with all these features, now I can use it as the web dev. I'm not saying that it's better than Chrome. I really, actually, I doubt it. I think Chrome is still so much powerful. And since I'm not like a full-time web developer and especially not a back-end developer, uh, most of the tools and, and um, the things that Chrome can offer me that Safari doesn't, I actually don't need them or I don't even right. know about them. Yeah. Right. So Safari works for me and... If you haven't checked the responsive mode, you should. It's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I just I usually forget that it's there and just do the old way. But another thing that's sort of important for me is um, trying to not have to depend on a lot of um, extra third-party apps if there's a good enough like default alternative. Hmm. So, like using the calendar app, like. There's Fantastic out there, but Calendar is like 95% of the way there. And it's like one less app that I have to download every time I get a new computer or something. So you just sagged to Calendar apps. So you use Calendar. Yeah. So you see, I use Fantastic All. I gave it a try, but it was so similar to, to Calendar that it just wasn't really worth it for me. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the UI. I don't know why I think calendar the calendar app is looks better in my opinion. And I'm not a like a big pro user of calendar, right? I <laughs> I just add some events and <laughs> I actually don't go to the app uh-huh. itself that that often, but that's that's actually one of the reasons I I like to use Fantastical. It's with a little like overlay right, right. like yeah, pop-up yeah. from the menu bar thing that they have. So I can just hit this command um, this uh, keyboard shortcut and just immediately have this overview of my calendar and quickly just add an event with the natural language parser which is pretty cool and they kind of pioneered that i think yeah maybe not but that's yeah i think with fantastical one it came out a couple of years ago i don't, I don't remember like five or six years ago maybe so yeah when they released version two it was a lot better uh, i like the way they integrate um time zones in a way and somebody told me that calendar it already does the same thing as well but I don't know, if I just add, like, record layout with Kevin, the parser detects that Kevin, it's you, and you're in Canada. So if I say record at 7, it detects the time zones and keeps everything, like, local. So I guess you will get the invite for whatever time is there. 
Yeah, one thing that if um, Fantastical had that, I would switch in a heartbeat. Is um, well, I don't know if you have this. Like back when you you had the job, <laughs> um, is basically like in our office, all the meeting rooms have. Uh, like names and we can book them through um google calendar that's cool so you can say like let's say i'm having a meeting in uh, in an hour with like two other people i can add these people uh to the meeting and then i can see what rooms are available and book them directly from there and then like register that time slot that it's kind of reserved for me that works in google calendar yeah that's crazy bananas no it's really awesome google calendar is extremely powerful you can also pick like rooms and people and ask it to find a time in your in the schedule that matches with everyone Hmm. uh it's super powerful uh but there's it's only available through the web interface. There you go. So if there was like any app that has that feature, I would totally download it. Well, do they do they provide the API for that or is just? Yeah, I don't think they do. That's the that's the problem. Yeah, probably not. But you know what? Fantastical has this feature, which again <laughs> I don't use because I don't have a job. Uh, <laughs> you you can create uh, custom calendar groups in a way. So you can add, for example, the the work calendar, and you add all of your companies um Mm -hmm. google's calendar and maybe your own like work calendar personal one right you add those and then you create your personal calendar in a way right Mm -hmm. so you can customize and create those groups and then you can say like using geolocation like when i'm at the office automatically switch to the work calendar and when i got home it will automatically switch to the to the personal one Hmm. yeah that's pretty cool um so that's that's a pretty cool feature i i don't think i've seen it anywhere else mm-hmm. yeah no that's true in reality i don't think i have enough calendars total for that to matter yeah but um i imagine like people that have a lot of calendars really like that feature yeah so okay what mail app are you using oh man okay i use the mail.app the default one uh, really dang it dude you too, Me too. yeah <laughs> Yeah. We need another host. I, yeah, <laughs> I I mean, I thought we would have like a big debate on this. <laughs> well, I, I can play a devil's advocate. Like I, I've tried a mailbox for, for like two years or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How long is it in beta? It's still in beta. I think so. It's right? still in beta. Yeah. On the desktop. It's, it's a shame. Yeah. Did you do the wait period on the iPhone? I did. Uh, before getting acquired yeah so i like I, I i loved it on on ios when the beta came out for mac i was like i'm i was all over it like i mm. the little beta coins you remember that yeah super cute yeah that was awesome so i was in love with the product um but it was a beta and i was aware and it was like okay there's gonna be some bugs and some weird glitches and there were and but there's gonna be some updates oh wait no there weren't <laughs> yeah <laughs> Can play the sound effect of like going to the future with ARP, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. three years later, nothing. It's still yeah. in beta, and I, I don't see like active development on there. So you could say that well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But <laughs> it no. was broke, and uh, like iOS eight came out, and it has like features like the handoff things, mm-hmm. and it didn't support it, and it's just kind of getting getting old. So I eventually I switched back to mail 
I've heard from uh, little birdies that mailboxes days are numbered. It, uh, iOS as well. Mail, yeah, both of That's them. That's a shame. But that's a shame. But but you know what? It was always weird for Dropbox to be in that position. Like, why would Dropbox want to have your emails? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. Get some extra signups. I don't know. Uh, but not really. Like, I don't know. Email. You know what? Email is a problem for a lot of people since since forever. But for me, it's kind of whatever. It's like, <laughs> I'm not. I guess I don't get that many email and. Mm. Do you use the? Um, do you follow the inbox zero? You get a lot of email when you have a job. <laughs> Dude, I had a couple of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. And um, no, I didn't get them. We use Slack, which we can go, which we can talk about as well. It's fine. It's like most of the emails they don't yeah. require action on your end. I would say like eighty mm. percent they don't require action. So I follow the inbox zero philosophy in a way yeah. i don't know if you can call it philosophy the so uh, like all these emails i if it's something that i need to you know to do later or to remind myself of i quickly send it to omnifocus which is we can talk about <laughs> later as well and if they if it's just like whatever seen it i deleted it if it needs some action on my end like if i need to reply it or do whatever then it stays on my inbox and when you do this you and if you're a little bit OCD, you start seeing all like three, four emails and just want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. It's it doesn't take much part of my days. Like I can quickly go over email. But the, the problem with me is like emails that are like a week old and I still haven't replied. Right. Yeah, and the more time that's going on, the more you feel bad for replying. But the more silly you're gonna look if you reply like two weeks later. Yeah. If I if I have an email that is more than a month old, I'll just delete it. Like it's I wanted to reply. I I I, I should, but if it's a month old, it's just gonna sound stupid. And it's like whatever, man. Just let it go. It's uh, I didn't answer it. It's it is what it is. Yeah. For me, like it's a similar story. Like been using Mailbox for a long time since it came out, and then I became really obsessed, like, uh, of having always like inbox zero and right. snoozing emails, that sort of stuff. Like making sure no matter what happens, I'm always gonna have inbox zero. It's almost being like an inbox zero na- Nazi. <laughs> But I I realized that this doing all of that was actually more work than anything. Like mailbox, they sort of force that on you. You they keep the badge uh, for oh, yeah. uh, messages in your inbox. It's not a red count, well unread count. Um, it's just like do you have emails sitting in your inbox? And that that drove me crazy. Yeah, and that just like made me want to like keep um archiving emails all the time and like make me do more work than was actually needed so at some point i was like you know what this like i'm just gonna go um really simple and just do mail um it's not perfect it's like some parts of it are a little old a little crank like creaky um for example, like there's no push email from um, from Gmail accounts, so I have to like manually pull them. Well, make the system automatically pull them like every 30 minutes or something. 
So I don't get emails like the second that they get in my inbox, but that's fine, uh, I think, because honestly, there's never been an email that I need to reply to in the like less than 30 minutes. So that's not a big problem for me. And then in exchange of like these little things that um, mail is, isn't like particularly fancy, like it doesn't have a lot of nice like extra bonus features. But what you do get is a pretty solid message app that's updated and works well across all my devices. That's going to be in sync. Um, that I'm not going to have to worry about. And again, it's like this whole thing of, okay, let's try to just use the default app instead of looking for like that little extra app that has this one little feature, but then like you have to like be on the bandwagon of, okay, now whenever I upgrade my system, does this app still work or things like that? Yeah, it's not a peace of mind that if you can use the stock ones, it's not that you're going to be better off. Probably they won't be the best apps in, in that area. Like for, for, email, for email in this example, it's something that I really don't care about. So I just stick with the default mm -hmm. one. And it's one last thing that I have to, as you said, like um, keep in mind if it's updated and, and just like be aware and, and invest in it. It's And it's free, right? It's another thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if email is a very important thing for you, I totally understand why mail.app won't, won't be good. In my example, I don't care. You know. feels like all the other solutions aren't great either, though. There's not like a great email client that everyone should use that is cross-platform, that works really well. Right. Sparrow was pretty cool. <laughs> good old Sparrow. That was a good app. Anyway, can we move on? Yeah. I don't like email. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to like scratch off. I'm going through my doc in some... I'm not going in any order. I'm just going to... Scratch off like the super boring ones. I use messages because I use messages. Uh, let's see. I use iTunes because I don't use Spotify. Audio is dead. And <laughs> Apple Music is the way I listen to music. So I have iTunes, which sucks. Yeah. Anyway. Same here. It really, really sucks. It's like, I hate this, but let's not go there. Yeah. And then I use Slack. Use Slack too, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't... If you... If you don't use Slack, it's kind of it's one of those weird things because it's not something that you can just like choose to. Okay, now I'm going to use Slack. Like if you work at a company, the company has to adopt yeah. Slack as its internal messaging communication thing. But if you haven't, like if you don't know Slack, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's a messaging like communication mess uh, messages uh, app for Teams, right? And Right now, I don't work at a company, but I still have a lot of uh, Slack teams. So it's not just for big companies, but um, so I have one for Sketchcast. We have all the people that are involved there. So even though it's a small team, we still use Slack because the, the alternative would be to email ourselves or send iMessages, and that's kind of crappy. Yeah. So I don't think I need to sell this. It just, it's actually like, it was a revolution. Like this company is what, like, three years old maybe not much more than that it's like pretty new yeah. still and i feel that it's like one of the biggest adoption rates that i've seen in the tool that kind of disrupted the the way we work like i i don't i can't remember something like this 
I started using Slack when it was still like uh, invitations only, mm. which uh, mm-hmm. it was not that long ago. But I remember I still had to. I was using HipChat at a, at the time, uh, and yeah. I remember that I I still had to wait. Like I was in a waiting list. Like I had to wait like a month or two until we could finally get in. So yeah, um, a lot of people are starting to use Slack as well for kind of, kind of like replacing message boards or forums and stuff. So. Uh, I'm on this Spec FM, you know the dudes like design details and all. Yeah, yeah. They have this, which to be honest, I don't, I don't go there that much, but I still have it around. Should go there and promote our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have this one. What's it called? I'm opening it up. Is one I know Mark Edwards. I don't know if he, f- he created it, but it was one of the first dudes around it. Anyway, Maybe so you can down. use Slack not just for your company's uh, internal communication, which you should, but you can use it for a lot of stuff else. Oh, it's called Align Pixels. Mm. So do you like the UI for switching um, different organizations or teams in Slack? I feel like, because I right now I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six different Slacks uh like teams or whatever it gets really out of hand really quick because you get just the one dot and then you have to switch into that organization to see what happened i don't think it's a problem like i have five teams but i really tweaked all of the notifications uh preferences right Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah i have some dots here on like this team i know there's some chatting going on but i don't have a batch so i know like all of the I set it up like if, of course, uh, if anyone mentions me or like mm-hmm. a direct message, I get a notification for that. I for some teams, like for example, at my old job, I had this keywords that you can you can make Slack um, alert you when some keywords are mentioned. So, for example, if someone mentioned design, I would get a notification. For example, right. Mm. Um, so after I tweak all of the all of those minutious um, notifications settings. Uh, then I don't, I don't feel the, the the organizational problem. Like it's fine. Like if I if I need to see a message, I will get a red badge. If I don't, like if I open Sketch and just want to see what are people talking about, I can see if there's any new conversations going on with a little dot. Mm-hmm. Just go over. I don't. I don't know. Um, what do you use to manage your to do list? Oh, okay. So as I mentioned earlier, I use OmniFocus. OmniFocus is a weird. It's like one of those apps that I I. I find it very hard to recommend to people because it's such a big investment. Mm-hmm. First, it's super expensive. Like, yeah. okay, so for an app, right? It's very expensive. And it's not something that, like, if you just, if you buy it and install it and you open it, it's like, okay, so this is a to-do list. You hit return, add a new item, and you can check or uncheck it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, like, sell it for someone new. But I follow a bunch of nerds that... Back in the day, I guess they still use it. I have actually I have no idea. They all sang high praises for this app. It's like a super GTD, getting things done methodology, and like you can create um, projects and you can create a bunch of um, to do items. You can add like due dates. It's one of those things that you have to really invest in it. And I did for a long time. And I had this, um, maybe like three years ago, I decided to ditch it and just go with Clear. Remember that? Yeah. Um, but now I'm back in OmniFocus. And it's 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 a lot of investment in my part to set it up like exactly how it works for me. Mm-hmm. And basically, I use it like 
any little thought that I have, like, oh shit, I have to feed my cat. Like all the <laughs> the smallest of things, I just quickly uh, enter it in the inbox in OmniFocus, mm-hmm. and then uh, I do like every day uh, first thing in the morning. I just go through it and like organize, like um, organize all my to do things, and just uh, set like my goals for the day. Like today, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And once a week, usually at, um, on Sundays, I go through and like review all of my projects and see what's done and not done and just clean it up a little bit. So if you can... <laughs> it does sound like a lot of work. For a to-do app, yeah, this is this sounds way overwhelming and like way over the top. And maybe it is, you know what? But it's like one of the most powerful tools that I have here, like when it comes to on this little topic, which is to-do list, basically, mm-hmm. getting things done. But... um I'm so deeply invested in it that I can't live without it, at least <laughs> without going through like a hangover <laughs> phase. <laughs> I don't know if this makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. what do you use? I use uh, Things. It's kind of like OmniFocus, right? Yeah, it's really similar. Um, right. Yeah, it's basically the same ideas. Just in my opinion, it looks slightly nicer. But other than that, it's pretty similar. Uh, can you do tags in uh, OmniFocus? Well, they have, uh, they don't have the concept of tags, but you, they have like, you can assign it to a project, you can assign it to a context. We can only have one context, right? Per to-do item? No, no, no. You can have multiple contexts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so you could probably use that like tags. Kind of, yeah. That was something that I wanted. I didn't, I, I thought that OmniFocus didn't allow you to do that, but like being able to mark like certain to do items as like i don't know like design front end like project management different things and then uh, like no matter what project they're on and then being able to see like oh like i'm in the mood to like i don't know it's it's a friday afternoon like i can't design anything i'm just gonna do like some product manage project management and then like tie up some some loose ends in there. I guess you could create context for that. But one, I don't know if Things does this. It's one of the cool things about OmniFocus is, for example, uh, every week I have to record a Sketchcast episode and mm-hmm. it's a whole process of writing, recording, uh, editing, posting yeah. and all that. Right? Writing show notes and all that. So I created this list of basically actions that I have to do and it's a recurring thing. Like every single week I have to check all of these little actions, right? I have to do all this and make sure I don't forget anything. Mm-hmm. So I can make this group of actions i can call it like create a new sketchcast episode for example like every day that i'm working on this i will have to check it and by the end of the week i have to make sure that i did everything mm-hmm. and then i'll just make it to repeat every week so every week i have a new clean sheet of those of those actions that's pretty cool right can you do like let's say because there's one thing that i really want and i don't know if it exists is um let's say you're you're going to travel somewhere you usually like have to pack the same same things every time. Mm-hmm. And it'd be really awesome to have like a checklist of everything that you need to have. And then every time you need it, you can sort of bring it up and have it and like then check everything. And then the next time you just like press a button and it remarks all of them as right. uh, not complete. And then you can go through it. Yeah, yeah, time. that absolutely. It's kind of it's kind of exactly like the same thing. Is you create like, like this template of actions, like yeah. packing, packing for a trip, and then you create a new a new. You have to set a date though. 
because you don't know when the next trip's gonna be. No, it just like create a new thing. Like, okay, so you're going to you're going to San Francisco, so you create a new <laughs> uh, a new list of uh, actions like trip to San Francisco, and you create one from the template, like packing, right? Oh, you can have templates. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty good. cool. I'll look into it. What about a Twitter client? You, uh, I mean, we already talked about this. We both use we both use Tweetbot. Obviously, something new there. I guess it was on episode one, right? Where we talk about Twitter for Mac. Maybe. Oh, okay. This is a this is a big one. Please let me down on this. Uh, what kind of note taking app do you use? All right. <laughs> so I use Notes for a lot of stuff. Dang it. I also bounce between Writer sometimes. I, Uh, like IA writer but lately yeah I've been just going to notes because it's easier and with the share extension it's pretty good I hate how the font size is way too small on the Mac agree I used letter space which looked amazing um, but then on LCAP and iOS 9 notes got a little bit of a, an upgrade I still hate that texture that oh, paper yeah, it's texture so It's so stupid, but I use notes for the same reason that I use mail. I don't care enough about notes to like use a super pro app uh, version of notes. Yeah. So I use notes because it's, it syncs. Actually, it has very good stable sync uh, with, with my iPhone and it has all the little stuff. I, I would like, I would like for it to support Markdown, but I guess we're not going to have that anytime yeah. soon. Uh, that's like the only missing thing. Yeah, that's what I use IA Writer for. Right. Yeah. So everything that's not Markdown, like just random thoughts, I'm going to put it in, in notes. It's going to be like writing a blog post or something like that in Markdown, then I'm going to use IA Writer. Right. I don't, I, I stopped blogging for a while now. <laughs> yeah. So, but when I, when I, did i used and i guess i still have it installed i use byword not mm. ai yeah but um it's kind of like the same right yeah um but they're they're actually byword is from two portuguese dudes and i met them um oh really yeah that's pretty cool yeah uh, it was kind of like i freaked out when i found out that there were just two dudes and they they lived in portugal like they're from here i freaked out and i was like like i reached out to them saying like you guys are awesome uh <laughs> Can I like help in any way or meet you guys or whatever? And it was kind of weird from their end, like to <laughs> actually go with this. Basically, they, they were about to release version two, I think. Okay. Um, came out around like three years ago, maybe. Hmm. I was still in college. No, it wasn't a little bit more. Whatever, some, some, a couple of years ago. They were like, uh, sure, we could use some help. They basically send me like the release notes and all for me just to go over and see if I could spot some errors or some typos or whatever. Huh. And I was like, hey, let, let me help you guys. I could do, I can help you with support or something. I just wanted to meet them. <laughs> so I, I traveled to, to the city where they were at and I spent like three days like at the office just hanging. It was super oh, weird really? looking back. <laughs> like at the time, I loved it. Like, these guys are awesome. But looking back, it was super weird from, from their end to actually go with this and, and let this... <laughs> so you did support for them for three days? It was not really support because <laughs> I didn't really knew that much about the app. Like I, I, as a user, sure. But as a like to, to answer some support tickets, I really had no knowledge to... So what did you do? I just hanged out and <laughs> talked about stuff and see if I could help with anything. Uh It was super weird, but thanks so much for those guys for having me <laughs> back in the day awesome. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Anyway, Byword is pretty cool. You know this app called Sketch? 
Uh, never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. But I have it here on my dock. I don't know why. But um, I use that. Let's not go over it. I don't think we need. We could. I, no. We maybe we could do an, a whole episode on Sketch, but I don't. I don't know. Think so. I, I have a website for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can go to sketchcast.net. Plug. Plug your things. <laughs> yeah, uh, prototyping. I use Framer. I like Framer. You know Framer. Do you use Framer? What do you use? Yeah. I I do use it sometimes. Okay. I tend to if I'm I need to prototype something for iOS to just build it, or if I'm doing something on the web, just build it in like CodePen or something. Right. But I do use it sometimes. I really like it. Yeah. Um. In one of those unreleased episodes, we had a kind of long talk about prototyping tools in general. In a way, like mm-hmm. comparing some some of the some of the competitors right now i always fall back to fall back to to framer it's not that it's it's definitely not the easiest tool to use it's definitely not um well that's debatable like the most uh, user interface friendly has a bigger barrier to entry oh definitely basically it's a prototype i think it's still the only prototyping tool that you have to code in order to use it yeah like there's not like there's no wheezy week nothing you can't Mm -hmm. like it's all code and you know what? That's why I like it. I like the... Um, you could say that because you have to code, it's super complex and weird and complicated, but I think it's the opposite because the, the whole UI is you have this viewer and you have a, a text file, like a text editor. And for me, that's like the simplest thing ever. It's so simple yeah. and clean, and that's why I really like it. And because it's code, you mm-hmm. can do... Uh, in theory, you could do whatever you want. Like, you only have to find a way to do it, but it's possible in a way. Gosh, have you ever tried to do if um, if statements in Quartz Composer? Oh, yeah. Or Origami? I used Quartz Composer before Framework. It's the worst. <laughs> so bad. And if you want to do like a nap with, let's say, like four different interactions, like maybe like two screens and four different oh, yeah, things, it's impossible. you get a whole mess. Um, your computer starts beach balling and you have a million spaghetti things bouncing around and it's like it, it becomes unmanageable <laughs> but i see i still see the appeal of origami and quartz composer but not for me i covered uh, origami for for sketchcasts like i used it when it was back uh, when it was just quartz composer oh really uh remember the um, facebook facebook home thing yeah yeah that's when everyone was like "Ooh, right quartz composer yeah so i used it then and mm-hmm. Like for Sketchcast, I, I did this uh, like a series of episodes on prototyping tools and I covered Framer and then I decided to go back to Origami because they just had just released version 2, I think. I think it's version 2 uh, with the live mirror stuff on device. You know? mm-hmm. So I decided to go back and you know give it another shot. And it's way better. It's way cleaner. And they have some good um, like video tutorials on their website. So it's kind of it's way easier to to learn because back in the day when i decided to go back to like to to pursue and invest in quartz composer and prototyping in general there were like no resources whatsoever online there was this one tutorial that came a little bit after facebook home was announced uh i should remember the name of the dude but i don't but he had like it was the only video tutorial series where he basically recreated the facebook home prototype in quartz composer um Later, he, he, he joined Twitter, uh, that, that guy. Oh, really? And most recently, he was one of those uh, layoffs. Like, he unfortunately had to leave Twitter. Oh, that's sad. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know how he is. Maybe he was, he was happy about it. I don't know. 
Anyway, Cross Composer in Origami 2, it's way better and you have a lot more resources in this community. Um, so it's it's definitely not uh, not as bad as it was, but still, I still prefer Framer for all this. Yeah, me too. Just go over, the last thing on my doc is Xcode. Again, nothing to really, nothing interesting to talk about. But on the, how do you call the right side of the doc? Like you have apps and then you have like the folders. Uh, I don't know, the folders. <laughs> folders and trash. Yeah, well, trash technically is a folder, but yeah. Okay, the folders part. I have, I don't know if this is interesting, so I'm going to go very quickly. I have this GIFs um, folder. It's a Dropbox folder, but it have little previews, so I can just open that directly in the folder, and they have all the GIFs, and I can use uh, Quick Look to see the GIFs, right? And it's just like drag and drop to whatever. I have this share link folder. It's just basically a folder that I created in Dropbox. I give it like a little Dropbox icon to the folder itself. So it looks like a Dropbox with a narrow icon. Oh, cool. It's just, I just have this folder on my doc. So if I wanted to quickly send a file to someone, I can just drag and drop or duplicate like a file to the to this folder on the doc. And immediately Dropbox will give me the, the Dropbox link. Uh, so I can just copy paste that link. And then I have downloads and I have trash. That's it. Yeah, just have apps and downloads trash we have apps hmm, yeah that's interesting never use it but yeah <laughs> actually i was just using it today like looking at my apps for this um yeah because yeah. There's, there are a million ways to to go to the yeah, application I'm folder i'm just used to having it there so i can see that i, I always use uh, spotlight if not uh, i use the lunch center i never know the name of this one little thing with the iOS grid. Lun- oh, launchpad, the, launchpad. Yeah. Launchpad. Yeah, I that's think. it. With a little gesture on the trackpad. Uh-huh. And if I really want to go to the folder, you can just press Command Shift A when you have Finder selected. Yeah, I never use that. Okay, I have. I think I have. Um, I have one X run that I think might be interesting. True. It's called Sight Sucker. Hmm. Do you know what it is? I don't. Okay, so it's a pretty ugly app, but <laughs> it's been uh, it's been there forever. And basically, what it does is you type a URL, and it downloads a sort of a static version of that file, but at, of that URL, but as like plain HTML and CSS and images. And what you can do, you can download whole websites. So what I do usually is. Uh, a bit less now, but when I would do like back in the days, websites for clients or things like that, these tend to have a very short shelf life and clients tend to like change their website up every couple of years. So what I would do is like design, build the website and they have like that, their CMS or whatever. Uh, but then what I would, would do is download a sort of static version of that website and store it on my computer for like archive purposes. So it basically lets you do your own Wayback Machine. That's interesting. So yeah, it's a really cool app. Cool. I just saw they apparently looks like they have a um, an app for iOS. I'm not sure what it does. Oh, actually, yeah, it seems like it does the same thing. I don't know why you'd use it for, but yeah. Anyways, uh, very useful app. What's your text editor of choice? Sublime. Yep, same. Dang it. <laughs> We're so boring. We're so alike. I still have TextMate around. I can't get rid of it. I love oh, this. Oh, really? Because I use TextMate since forever. The flower icon? The flower icon. Yep. 
looks beautiful yeah okay i have i have a bunch of ones that may or may not be interesting okay i'm gonna go through them so a part of all the stock ones of course and you know pages numbers keynote that kind of stuff uh i use final cut uh to edit video <laughs> no shit uh yeah like all the sketchcast thing i edit using final cut most recently, I used this. Uh, it's, a, it's another app from Apple called Motion. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's uh, you can create. It's kind of like kind of like a simpler version of After Effects to create some some animations, some motions, and it's it, it's supposed to 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 work um, alongside Final Cut. So, for example, you can create this custom transition and then export it as a like a template for Final Cut, uh-huh. right? So I recently used that to create the new intro for Sketchcast as well. So I had to create some like a custom thing. So I used that, and I use I use Logic to edit this podcast. So all of the Apple apps, and then I have Affinity Designer, and I use it like once a year when I need to use Open a PSD or something. Uh, okay, yeah. I have Pixelmator, which I use like two like twice a year. <laughs> to open like a PSD when Affinity Designer doesn't work. Yeah, I have Pixelmator too. Uh, I use CodeKit to create like an environment for uh, web development. Uh, you know CodeKit? Yeah, yeah. I used to use it too, but now I'm just comfortable with the terminal, so I just do that. Yeah, even to create like a local server and all is yeah. Like I use it to you know precompile shit and like SAS files and and CoffeeScript files and all, and mm. uh, auto-prefixer and stuff like that. I, I just, it's one of those things, like, once you use that, I forget about, like, do you, do you manually, like, use use a terminal to precompile the SAS files? Yeah. But then you don't have, like, auto-refresh, like, auto-live-reload like, or something, right? Yeah, I don't have that right now, but there's a way to set that up. Yeah, of course. But the basically, the tools that we use internally you just start your server and all the assets get compiled correctly so it's like super easy it's like one command that you have to do use rails yeah i also use this app called tower which is a git client Mm -hmm. it was kind of expensive i would never buy it but i i i don't remember how but i got a promo code and it was like i downloaded it's pretty good it's a good app yeah it's pretty good but i i I found myself most of the times just using the terminal as well for everything git related but anyway it's a good app and yeah. it saves my ass a bunch of times mm-hmm. then i use transmit as a ftp ssh client uh, again use it for sketchcast like to upload some uh, assets and all uh i use xscope from icon factory you know this yeah i've never used it or fa- found a need for it oh wow i i love it this is the app that when you show it to someone it, it blows their mind every single time so okay let me just explain what this is xscope uh, and again, I'm going to put the, the link in the show notes. It's an app um, from the guys at uh, Icon Factory, which are same dudes that they build Twitterific and do a bunch of design work. Like they, they've, they've designed the Twitter's emojis, right? Yeah. So they're well known. And they they made this uh, call, uh, app called Xcope, which is like, it's like the designer's tool belt. I don't know if they use that tagline. They should. Uh <laughs> So you you open the app and you get uh, like a bunch of of icons in your menu bar, right? And then it's like, it doesn't have a UI per se, like the app. It doesn't have like a window. So wait, you launch the app and you have a bunch of icons in your menu bar? Right. Uh, That's already a knock against it, in my opinion. It's not. Okay, let me open it right now. Oh man, certificate errors, Mac App Store. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Anyway. Do you know how many icons I have right now in my menu bar? 
Uh, I bet more than I do. I have Dropular. I have AirPlay, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and then battery. I normally have Dropbox too, but I turn it off for this. I have Dropbox, Wi-Fi, battery, and a clock. And the bartender thing, which <laughs> hides all of the other <laughs> icons. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Xcope. Uh, it's it's the okay. So we get menu uh, icons on the menu bar, and you can do a bunch mm. of stuff. Like you can add like rulers on your screen. So it's like an overlay rulers. So imagine that you're using Photoshop or Sketch, or you have a web page open, and you want to like use some rulers to see if elements are aligned and whatever. You can like overlay it on top of the OS, basically. So you can use this whatever. It's not like you have to use it inside a browser or Photoshop. It's, it's whatever in the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, some other tools like dimensions. So I don't know. This is magic, but you can see. You know, little um, little guides in Sketch to see dimensions between elements. Yeah. Imagine that for your computer. Like everything that you see is rendered on screen. So you can like uh, hover on on this like icon in a website like and it will detect the boundaries of that icon and it will detect the boundaries of the environment around it so you can say okay just with this little tool i can see if this icon is like how many pixels uh, from the left or whatever right mm-hmm. or or distance between elements um that's pretty cool you have a bunch of more stuff like you have this loop which you can like zoom in really closely like around in your in your screen uh, you have like a mirror. You they have an iOS app as well, and you can mirror. Um, it's kind of useless. I never use it because I use Sketch and they have Sketch Mirror, and I use Framer, which they have. They don't, but I do have an app <laughs> called Frames uh, to mirror things. Um, but basically, is you create a little frame on your computer, mm-hmm. and you can drag it and put it whatever you want, and it will mirror that frame to your to your iOS device. I don't know if they have an Android. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's just a bunch of these tiny things. Um, yeah. It's just a, a bunch of tiny things that it's kind of... Um, it's, it's, it's pretty powerful when you when you start relying on them. Like, you can do a lot of stuff, and, and it blows everyone's mind. When I put some rulers on my computer, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. Okay, uh, I use Image Optim, you know that one? Yep, I use the terminal version. Oh, they have a terminal version. Yeah, the like the app is just a wrapper around the terminal version. Well, yeah, I assumed. I don't know. It's it's pretty handy having you just open the app, drag like a folder of assets. Yeah, dra- drop like a bunch of images. Yeah, yeah, drag like a folder of assets, and it will compress and optimize the images for web. I use ScreenFlow to record the the screencasts. Basically, it's just like a screen recorded app. It's super, super good and stable. And I don't know. I love this app. I don't know why. I really like this app. It's pretty cool. I use, uh, do you use Dropular? I don't. I used to, but I don't. I just use Dropbox for everything. Yeah, I, I, I need to be able to see the recent list of things that I've added to Dropular. And I can't use just Dropbox. Like, if you click it, you'll see their recent items. Yeah, that's um, useless. Uh, but I work at a company with, like, I don't know, 50 designers. <laughs> so uh, it's always, it changes, like, every second. And and what I like about Dropular is that you can take a screenshot and then mark it up directly, like, put arrows or boxes or things like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Directly f- from there. Uh, and you can drag things up to that uh, menu bar icon and upload them directly, which is awesome. Um, you know Dash? Yeah. Documentation? Yeah, thing? I use it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Dash is an app that um, it's like a an aggregator of documentation um, mm-hmm. for developers. Like you have like for iOS or Rails or Ruby, whatever languages you want, or even like stuff like Bootstrap and stuff. So you can download uh, all of the documentation that you might need, and then with a the keyboard shortcut, you can quickly search uh, through the documentation. So you don't have to open um, the the web version of it like on a browser. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and you can, like, there's really good search and everything, so you can, like, find the results really easily. Yeah. Uh, I use this app called Spectrum to create color palettes. Hmm. Never heard of it. It's a very specific purpose, but, uh, yeah. It, it has a very cool UI to... Let me find you a link so you can take a look at it. Um, it does stuff like, for example, you can choose a color and with math, like, choose the like opposite colors or like three opposite colors right mm-hmm. um so it's it's cool to create this um, color palettes and it already it does as well some like you can drag a photo and will like grab the most common colors right mm-hmm. stuff like that it's 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 cool i've actually never haven't used it in a while makes me think of um do you know cooler by adobe uh no not really uh it's like a tool that they i think they still have it it's like cooler.adobe.com and you can do like fancy color palettes like this cool like pick like the opposite colors or colors that match or like different things like that oh speaking of adobe maybe like the one thing that's sort of interesting uh and i don't remember i think i talked to you about this but it was a like a test show um I don't have any Adobe apps on my computer. Yeah. Zero, none. Don't have Photoshop, don't have Illustrator, don't have like Acrobat or anything like that. Me neither. You? Oh, you neither. I didn't know that. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't used to have, but then I, I only had the Creative Cloud because of Typekit, basically, because I was using Typekit oh, really? into sync fonts. <laughs> and most recently I decided to give another go to Photoshop just to, try it out and really mm. um, <laughs> invest a little Photoshop, see what it's all the fuss about. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. Anyway, I had to use Photoshop and I don't anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's gone for your li- from your so life. So I once again deleted all Adobe things. And you know what? Um, I, can't, uh, I can't seem to completely uninstall everything Adobe related. <laughs> I, I just dragged the stuff to the trash. That's the thing. I went to the library resources, the cache things and whatever. <laughs> I, I, you know, the com.adobe files. <laughs> oh, I deleted God. all of that crap. And then still there. <laughs> it's still that there's an update for Creative Cloud. Still have one update. Yeah. And I was like, how? And then I tried to open the uninstaller and I can't. So it's broken because basically I, I was deleting all of these files. Yeah. What I did was just like do a clean install and then just never install any go. Adobe software. There you go. Because they just install so much crap on your computer. I know. It's crazy. I know. I don't, know. I don't want any of it. So yeah, people are always super amazed when I tell them, "No, I don't have. I don't even have Photoshop installed in my computer." <laughs> like what? Aren't you a designer? <laughs> Look at me like I'm a crazy person. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, what do you use? Yeah, and it's like today, it's not really hard to get by without Photoshop. It's not. I mean. I can see if 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 uh, you work at a company that a lot of designers use Photoshop, I can see that being a problem. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I never been in those situations, but 
between yeah. Sketch, Pixelmator, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like just these two apps pretty much cover most of what you'd have to do with uh, all the Adobe software. I would still throw Affinity Designer or something like it. Yeah. Just because if you want to open uh, some Illustrator files, mm-hmm. you still need that. I have a couple more little utilities that may or may not be interesting. If they're not, I can just cut this out. Yeah, I mean, you're editing the show, so. <laughs> now we have Steven, you know, Steven, the editor. Oh, yeah. Steven. Hey, Steven, cut that out then, all right? All right, Steven. Um, He's dropping a marker right now. Yeah. So I have uh, it's this little app called Resizer. And it does exactly that. <laughs> you throw a bunch of images uh, with the add 2x, like in the file name, and it will mm. resize it to 1x as well. Oh, do you remember uh, Layer Cake? No. Layer Cake. I think that's what it was. That's a good name. Layer Cake. <laughs> I like the name. Layer Cake app. Um, oh, they changed it to Slicey. <laughs> they sliced the cake. Yeah, because I think Adobe or something had like a trademark on, on Layer um and it's basically an app that does what what you're saying like it okay you could it also allowed you to um, uh, export like psd assets and like if you named it at 2x it would export at 2x and things like that it looks cool the Um, icon looks very old school but looks awesome yeah well it's pretty old too uh what else i have this app called paste okay it's amazing it's um you hit this little keyboard shortcut and you get this UI. It, it kind of looks like, it makes me wonder how they managed to do this in OS ten. But you get this whole UI, mm. like the whole computer shifts into this, which is kind of like a time machine thing where you can see all of the, like all of your clipboard elements, uh-huh. right? And you can search through your your uh, your, your clipboard basically, right? Yeah. So, and, and it even like if you copy like elements in Sketch, for example, like a copy of layer or whatever, you have this little thumbnails with preview so you can see all of the things that you've copied. You can actually set it to be um, like an infinite number of elements i can see that it will fill your cache like your computer if you do that uh, they don't recommend it but you could not a good idea it's pretty good it's pretty pretty cool um i use sip the color picker you know that one sip is that app that when i used to work with a bunch of developers i i always said like install this uh i like asked every developer to install this it's like what color is this just like mm. use this color picker is pretty good and it's it's cool because you have you can specify the output of the color so you can of course you have like hex value or they even have like swift properties like um cg color or whatever i think that's objective c would have the swift properties or objective c or A ui color there you go so it, it's pretty cool but it, it's super simple yeah i think this is all the apps that i use i don't use a lot of apps <laughs> just realized Oh, I, I use uh, one password that we didn't mention. Yeah, how could I forget that? Yeah, we use one password. Like, of course, if you're not using one password, you're crazy. I have Skype. Is Skype is a thing that I really want to be able to uninstall. I hate mm-hmm. Skype. There's oh god, there's always that one person that's like I know oh, I only have Skype, and you're like fuck, I have to like re-download this, sign up with my like super old email address that I haven't used in years. But yeah. It's it's like my number one priority to uninstall. Like as soon as I can, I'm gonna get rid of you, buddy. So get ready. I use Handbrake to convert video files. 
like sketch ghost oh okay <laughs> i use icon slate to create icon files oh yeah i have that too uh do, do, do i have clear and ember <laughs> or ember oh oh uh middle of the show follow-up i tried inboard oh so i exported my whole um ember library imported it into <laughs> into inboard took a really long time to import and then the app is just incredibly slow whenever i scroll through items oh no so it's settled we have to build our own yeah i think there's just too many items i have so i don't know what to do fine we'll build our own get on it okay uh i think we've got to the end i mean there's oh i have a few things a few last minute things that aren't apps it's the recommendation corner of this episode uh, so there's a few things that I recommend for all our listeners. Uh, first is my good friends at Unsplash here in Montreal just launched a new book on Kickstarter. Um, Unsplash, you probably know what it is, right? It's Of course. Yeah, everyone knows it. It's the this website where every week they put 10 new uh, pictures that are free to use. You can use them, do whatever you want in commercial pro- projects like use them however you want modify them i didn't know they were from Uh, montreal yeah they're all from montreal they're all good friends and they're making a book about uh some of the photographers that are in in are taking like really amazing pictures uh, and posting them on unsplash it's a lot about like creativity and like a lot of good inspiration uh, so the yeah the Kickstarter campaign started not a long time ago, uh, so there's still a long time to go uh, to back it, but um, they still haven't met their goal yet. So please, please, uh, if that you're interested by that sort of stuff, uh, go back it. Those guys are amazing. Have you have you found yourself um, like just walking in the street and, and spotting some unsplashed photos <laughs> being used in like marketing campaigns or something? I've seen them quite quite often around, like in billboards or something. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see them all the time. Right. Yeah. It's amazing how they become this standard de facto for designers to go. Like, it's one of the biggest resources of... Uh, of it's not stock photography. It's like... Well, it is, but it, it's not. But it's good stock photography. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, stock photography with taste. And... Yeah. And, just, and it's all free. And it's, it's awesome. Like, like even awesome. if you're just looking for some pictures to use as your wallpaper or something. Oh, have you seen uh, Wallcat? The what? Wallcat. It's um, it's an app by uh, Dustin Senos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Sounds but, about right. Uh, he used to be a designer at Medium. And he's Canadian, I think. And he, he left recently and worked on this app. It's an app. Uh, for OS then that uh, uh, lets you automatically change your your wallpaper mm. and you can set different sources so one of them is on splash but you can like do like only architecture only uh, gradients only like nature stuff I, I couldn't so, uh, use that but I, I, I see the appeal <laughs> I, I couldn't yeah I couldn't have like a picture as my background picture without my approval in a way like if some random picture disappears even if i pick like i cherry pick the, the sources mm-hmm. i'm very very picky with the with the picture that i use for example it has to be very dark uh-huh. and it has to be it can't have a lot of elements can be distracting yeah 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm very picky too about wallpapers. Not every photo can be a good wallpaper. Oh yeah, definitely. It's an art. <laughs> yeah. Picking wallpaper photos. And my other thing was wait, but why? Do you know what wait, but why is? Wait, but what? No. <laughs> Uh, so it's waitbutwhy.com, I think. Yeah, waitbutwhy.com. So basically, it's this amazing website. This guy, I think it's just one guy. And what he does is like write about random topics, but really go get to the bottom of them. Like every like really complicated things, he sort of asks the question, wait, but why? <laughs> so like uh, he's talking about um, the post I, I started reading it's like really long in depth like it'll take you at least two hours to read each post oh man it like the first one was uh on elon musk he had like a series on elon musk and like tesla and like why um electric cars are way better than gas cars and like really super in-depth uh, once you read this you'll understand everything about this topic it's sort of like if you like uh john syracusa and how like detailed and how like deep he can get into a certain topic this is that but for like pretty much anything it's really awesome really amazing and it's not like the long barring re read he's like very he writes really well and it's super entertaining and you're le learning a lot so one of one of them for example is why i'm always late i try to understand like what makes people be late all the time it's like super interesting so i'm like fascinated by that right now um going through and sort of trying to read all of his posts even though it takes a long time um so really recommend it it's a good sign when when a blog post starts with there's an e, e version like an ebook version <laughs> yes. of this article <laughs> yep it's really long it's a good read a good read for exactly long that's where i started it <laughs> thanks man uh i'm going to use this yeah yeah totally cool so when uh when are you flying is that next week uh monday yeah cool cool it's going to be a super long trip To give you an idea, I'm gonna. Um, the plane leaves here at 8 a.m. Okay, so I should be in the airport like around, I don't know, six maybe, mm -hmm. five something. And I will land at 3 a.m. So almost 24 hours. But that that counts time change? No, like oh. I'm not changing time zones. This is like in the same place for me Holy for my body crap. it will be almost 24 hours that is really long it's gonna be 7 p.m local time wow so in san francisco i land at 7 p.m there because i will i will i'll make a stop at uh munich and i will have uh, like to wait four hours mm -hmm. for my plane and then from munich to the west coast and because it's going west so You're going against the yeah. earth spinning movement rotation whatever so it's even longer so i i didn't make the math but it's around like i think 12 hours that flight Jeez. 10 12 That's hours crazy but um yeah i'm gonna read all of this website <laughs> i will land like super smart <laughs> yeah but you're gonna be super jet lagged i know it's gonna be incredibly late for you and it's gonna be in like the morning 
and when you get to San Francisco. No, it's not. Oh, it's not PM. morning there. It's oh, seven okay. p.m. Oh, there. so that's not right. bad. Right. You need to get there and try to stay awake for <laughs> as long as you can, and try to like blend into their normal life, like routine. Yeah. So uh, I wish you a, a good trip. Thanks, man. Yeah, you'll probably have a lot of things to. to Talk to us about next time we record. Yeah, uh, which, by the way, I don't know if we're going to be able to record because I will get back uh, Friday, mm-hmm. maybe Friday night. I don't know how jet lag I'm going to be. Maybe I could try. Recording. No, don't. No. Yeah, whatever. So maybe there's not going to be a show next week. But uh, if you want, if you're around San Francisco, we can have a live episode, <laughs> a layout FM live show. <laughs> uh, we can we can talk. So. If you want to have some coffee or whatever, feel and free you, to reach me out. You can spill coffee on people's phones and hands. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's fine. I have experience. It's fine. It's awesome. Where can uh, people find you on the internet? I'm Rafa Hari on Twitter. And I have a website. And it's rafa.design. You can see whatever I'm working on uh, there if I update it someday. I'm at Vernal Kick on Twitter, and I'm Kevin Cl- at KevinClark.ca. Um, that's my website. And you can find the show notes uh, for this, this episode at layout.fm. Yeah, and you have a little feedback button there if you want to... It's not a button, it's a link. It's well, whatever, you click there is a button. <laughs> <laughs> it's a link. It's an iOS 7 button with no borders. Um, <laughs> so leave us some feedback. Uh, we love all the feedback that we get, so... And if you want to follow us on Twitter, which we're still very short on followers, we, we should we should promote this more. Yeah, get that number up. Yeah, let's get that number up. We are Layout FM on Twitter. Should uh, should we uh, do something for like our, I don't know, 100 follower or something? Wow, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> send, send them like a nice postcard or something. If this goes wrong, I can edit this out, but our 100th, is that how I say 100th? I can't say that word. Yeah, I don't know I English. Um, follower. Uh, maybe we can get him on a show if he wants. He or she wants. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, and, and we can have a little chat live. Yeah, so... <laughs> you know what? When we say this, like now people won't follow us because there won't be the 100th. Yeah, people are going to unfollow, <laughs> follow, unfollow. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe maybe it's gonna be a bot, so that's also an option. <laughs> right. Um, so if if it's a bot, we're gonna try to have it, have it on air, but we can't. I guess we already it. have at the beginning of this show the Google bot. Goodbye.